Hi, I'm Rob, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by my co-host who died and came back to haunt us all, Jason, the friendly host. All true, no lies. <laughs> Welcome to Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? This episode of Rewind and Review will look at a movie that is based on a Harvey Comics character. Multiple cartoon TV shows and cartoon films dating back all the way to 1945. Yes, celebrating its 25th anniversary this year in 2020. This children's supernatural fantasy comedy drama um, debuted the first ever fully CGI character in a feature film lead role. So grab your baseball and your vacuum cleaner and fire up your Lazarus machine. I know we all have one. <laughs> um, as we travel back to 1995. Swinging 60s, here I come, baby, yeah! Go back to then. When? Now. 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 Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. There's definitely a very slim chance we'll survive. Nineteen ninety-five, the world learnt how to paint with all the colours of the wind. <laughs> Goof Troop were on the big screen for the first time, and a pig was herding sheep and saying, "Bar Ram you." <laughs> Ironically, we also got to see the world's most friendly ghost come to life in the live-action feature film Casper. That's right, directed by Brad uh, Silberling. Casper is a darker interpretation of the popular Casper the Friendly Ghost story um, in both its tone and its backstory for its lead character. The film tells the story of a spoiled heiress, heiress uh, Carrigan, who's played by Kathy Moriarty, who has inherited the giant Whipstaff Manor um, that apparently has a secret treasure hidden within. Uh, the issue? The mansion is haunted by several ghosts, including Casper, who's voiced by Malachi Pearson, um, and his uncles, the Ghostly Trio, which is Stretch, Fatso, and Stinky, uh, voiced by Joe Nipote, uh, Brad Garrett, and Joe Alaski, uh, respectively. Carrigan enlists the help of various paranormal experts and construction workers to help drive away the ghosts to no success. And finally, after some inspiration from Casper, engages paranormal therapist Dr. James Harvey, who's played by Bill Pullman, and his daughter Kat to rid the house of the ghosts. The Harveys move into the mansion and, and immediately encounter Casper and the ghostly trio. Casper uh, befriends Kat, or who we have to say is played by uh, Christina Ritchie, by the way. Um, and James gets to work on helping the Ghostly Trio address their unfinished business so they can move on to the afterlife. And all while Carrigan and her assistant, Dibs, played by Eric Idle, continue pursuing the treasure which is hidden somewhere within the mansion. And that's that. That is Casper. This is one of the few, um, I guess, movies of the childhood that I had um, mm -hmm. that we had on... VHS, we had it around the house, yep. like an actual purchased version of the movie. Oh my! Not recorded off the telly or anything like that, but Oops. actual. So we, <laughs> it was like soft piracy back then, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Um, everyone did it. But yeah, actually had a VHS copy of this movie, so yeah, yeah watched it a lot. Um, the sister and myself would, you know, 
occasionally put it on and just mm. watch it. So it's always sort of been around for me. Casper as a as an IP, as a you know mm. all of that. Not really something that I've always sort of loved and enjoyed. Um, right. I never really read the comics. Um, I think I watched maybe a handful of cartoon yeah. episodes back in the day. Yeah. Um, but of course, I've watched this movie, the the TV movies that followed. Um, and I think I've checked out one newer version of like a cartoon type thing, but yeah. not for me. Um, but no, this <laughs> this movie, yeah, it was something I remember liking as a kid. Yeah. Um, and yeah, checked it out for this mm. review again. There you go. I had one of the pirated versions um, when I say so. When I was growing up, this one <laughs> with yeah, ad breaks and all. With ad breaks and all. <laughs> In fact, as I was watching it for uh, the research for this time. I was I could remember the cues for the adverts. Uh, yeah, could, as they were coming up. You always do when you get those yeah. movies, right? Yeah. So, um, for example, uh, when Casper is chasing out the boys who are taking a photo, and he runs to the gate and he says, "Come back," or, or something oh, like that. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, oh no, no, sorry, it's the um, the uh, construction workers is what it is. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, that's where that was an ad break. Cut I was gonna say, I was like, that's a quick ad break. Like, yeah. That's an early one. No, no, yeah, no. no. That so it's the uh, the construction workers. <laughs> so I, yeah, okay. Very familiar with it. Um, we watched it all the time. Uh, with a very large family, this kind of... It got uh, a lot of rotation. Like, So I was of the, the appropriate age at the time. But then my younger siblings watched it all and really enjoyed it just as much. So it definitely uh, definitely held on uh, for quite a while. I have to admit, I hadn't seen it probably for 10 or 15 years. So I had a massive nostalgia smash in, oh, the, cool. smash in the face when I watched this one. I think I had... The last time before this room, like uh, this viewing, it, it must have been maybe... I'm going to say maybe two or three years. Not too wow. long. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I have revisited it, but... Yeah, okay. Yeah. This, I think it was the first time I was... You know, I streamed it. Mm. It was in HD. I was like... I felt like I was watching it for the first time. Right. <laughs> Almost. Right. I... There was definitely stuff I picked up this time with his viewing that I hadn't quite picked up earlier as well. So uh, the big the big break in viewing with, with these kind of movies, I think, yeah, it's very beneficial to come back after such a long time. I'm just impressed that this is a movie you've watched, Rob. Just, <laughs> to be it had to be one of them out of the year. Um, <laughs> but so I have also seen some of the other properties. Um, not the out of the TV shows like the cartoons. Yeah. I've only seen one single episode, and I think it was one of like just a little short, short one. Yeah, it's where Casper actually gets a a dog because a dog dies. Oh my god! And then the dog actually turns into a dog ghost, and it's really quite <laughs> cute. Um, ghost mutt, <laughs> or it's a fox. It's either a dog. anyway. Um, that and I've seen the uh, the the Wendy the Good Witch crossover with this one, like the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With Casper uh, and Wendy, with yeah. um, young Hillary Duff. Correct. Yeah. Which so that, that was could a could have been potentially. My first movie crush. Oh wow! Say it. There you go. I was never really <laughs> a fan. That was a, that was I think the the Casper meets Wendy. I think was that was one of my younger sister's choices. Right. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I was still in the house, so I was still subject to watching it. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was fine. <laughs> so anyway, so we both know this one a little bit. We both both got a bit of a bit of a, a yeah. history. A well, history. let's let's get into the history that it's sort of left for us. Yeah. Cool. Budget box office, yeah. uh, budget of fifty-five million, with a box office return of two hundred and eighty-seven point nine million. Makes it a success. I can see where the money was spent. Yeah, visual effects. Yep, definitely, definitely, definitely. So we should. Say, I mean, we could say it right. Like we could say it here. Amblin Entertainment or mm. whatever it's Steven Spielberg's company. Yeah, Steven yep. Spielberg. You know, like on the heels of things like Jurassic Park with yep. 
CGI making its uh, big leap in what in what it was. This movie, like we've already mentioned, the the first CGI mm. lead character. This movie has it in a live action. So this yeah, is the one, fifty-five yeah. million. There it is. <laughs> Spielberg's always got his hands in the right pies, doesn't he? Uh, this was actually opening on opened on Memorial Day as well. So one of those, eh? One yeah, of those, just like the Lost World. Which was our previous episode, if anyone wants to go re-listen to that one. Also Amblin. Also Amblin. (laughs) Purely Um, an accident. Now, now this next point, uh, we'll talk critical ratings. This one, we discussed off mic, this surprised me. So, it's mixed to average reviews. It currently sits on Rotten Tomatoes at 51% from 41 reviews, and Metacritic gives it 49 out of 100 from 22. I was genuinely shocked to see that. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about all the positives and the negatives of this movie as usual. But, but overall, I, like I thought, this was we're more better received by it. the world. Yeah, I mean, we are showing our hand here. Obviously, it, it sounds yeah. like you've got some positive things to say about this movie, as oh. do I. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just yeah, I don't it's know. Just, it's it's weird. I mean, this movie is pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. It's a kids' movie, and it's bloody good. Even kids movie. even more than like I think. As a movie for everyone, it's... I don't know. It's up there. So we'll talk about some of the critic comments here. So Time Out London described it as an intimate and likeable film. So positive. Roger Ebert gave the film three out of four stars, calling it a technical achievement. It's very true. It's it's impressive and entertaining. And there's even a little uh, winsome philosophy. So two positives. And, you know, Roger is, is the word of God. But... Alternatively, another uh, critical response was, it's a meandering, mindless family movie that frequently resorts to special effects and transparent sappiness. <laughs> I just feel like that's really... <laughs> look, any review, any opinion is uh, film, subjective, you know, it is how it is. But I'm like, yeah, that seems a bit... Oh, it just seems a bit harsh. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Obviously, obviously, that was uh, a competitor of Amblin. Or <laughs> um, but Paramount pitches. Let's um, we'll get to how we feel, and I guess that yeah, that is uh, really what everyone wants to know. So, um, let's go into some awards that it got. It was nominated for for six. Yep. Um, it won Best Young Performer for Christina uh, Ritchie. Yep. Uh, the Saturn Awards, Young Artist Awards. Um, yep. It was also nominated for Worst Picture at the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. I lost to Showgirls. <laughs> Have you seen Showgirls? I haven't. No. So no. I don't. Un- so when I was reading that, I was like, "Is Showgirls really that bad?" I don't remember <laughs> hearing bad things about it, but it sounds like. Well, I mean, it was it was worse than Gaspar. Gaspar. <laughs> so I mean, I'm like, maybe it wasn't even really. Maybe Showgirls isn't that bad at all. Maybe not. The cat, the Casper, the friendly ghost. I think everyone's familiar with the concept that this this movie was not the first telling of it. It has been around from, since the 30s and 40s. So the character was created in the late 1930s by um, Seymour Wright um, and Joe Aurelio, with the former devising the idea for the character and the latter providing the illustrations. Um, initially intended as the basis um, of a 1939 children's storybook. But from there, Casper uh, then found life uh, on TV, but also within comics. So Casper first was first published in comic books in 1949 as a subsidiary character, and then in 1952, Alfred Harvey of Harvey Comics uh, began publishing Casper um, comic books. Uh, so that started off in yeah 1952 in Harvey Comics number 61, and in 1959, Harvey purchased the full rights to the character, so he owned full rights and could distribute it as he wanted. All right. Hence, why we say. Based on the Harvey, Harvey comics, comics. <laughs> but he was it was created uh, earlier. Now it's interesting with this movie. Um, I did see a credit to uh, Joe or Joseph Aurelio. Uh, oh, okay, cool. As a based on a character, but I did not see Seymour Wright. 
Could have just missed so, it, unless... Uh, yeah, I could have, could have just missed it. I wasn't looking for it. But Casper, Casper hit uh, television screens. We got the yes. Friendly Ghost, uh, which was the novel tune to feature Casper mm-hmm. in 1945. Casper uh, starred in five different television series between 1959 and 2012. Yep. Uh, Hanna-Barbera gave Casper two holiday specials, a Christmas and a Halloween, and a Saturday morning cartoon series in 1979. Yeah. So that's one of the uh, the five um, one of the five different TV shows was that Hanna Barbera one, um, and then there was another one of, of note. So, Spooktacular New Adventures of Casper. This was in 1996 and 1998, and highlighted this one because it was actually a direct continuation of this particular film. So, um, and it actually fe- featured the same voice performer, um, well, as Casper and also the ghostly trio, trio, and ran for four different seasons over two years. So I feel like if there was, like, if you like this movie, if there's, if there is watch one that series to yep. watch, it would be the spectacular New Adventures of Casper. Yes, right. So now we we already mentioned there were some other live action films. Yeah. Um, now these were both. Well, the the two that were made were mm. both TV movies as such. Um, we've yes. got a. They call it a direct prequel. Came out in 1997 called Casper, A Spirited Beginning. Have you yeah, watched I've, it? I have seen it. I forgot to mention it at the top. Yes. I have seen it. I think I've only seen it once, though. I, I have watched it. I, t- I tell you, I don't remember. I just know there's a little boy. It's got, um, what's his name? I'm not sure. Anyway, so it's got it's got an A-list actor in it. In, in one so there's a big name, yeah. Yeah, but ah, it still doesn't work. Um, it currently has that one. Just for reference for everybody, in case you wanted to go watch it, it has 0% of Rotten Tomatoes, look, just so you're aware. Again, if we look at how Rotten Tomatoes works, 0% only means that every review you... gave it less than 60%. Yes. It doesn't mean it's the worst movie ever, it just means no one Correct. liked it more than, rated it more than a 6 out of 10. It's, <laughs> it's not a bad finger on the pulse, though. It's not a bad finger on the pulse. That's, it's the only thing you got to do with Rotten Tomatoes. You can't always... like the Yeah. It's just universally not liked. <laughs> it so, doesn't mean it's... Yeah. But do you know what? It's uh, five-year-old children don't write reviews. Well, there you go. Too. So That's maybe, a good point. Maybe, maybe this is worth it for the kids. Now, uh, there was another... Um, it was direct-to-video movie. Uh, Casper meets Wendy. We already discussed that. Uh, that was in 1998 with uh, Hilary Duff as the Wendy the Good Witch. Yes, a very, um, a very no, uh, no. Nah. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna put myself in the in the mind of mindset of a child and talk about how cute Hilary Duff is in this movie, but I'm like, no, I just can't do it anymore. It's, it's too weird. <laughs> You're so weird. You're so weird. So that's got 17 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's fine. It's a kids movie. Like kids will love it. The special effects in it, they'll love it. The entry. So have you seen it? Did you say? I've seen this one as well. Yeah. But again, like I, the entry of the ghostly trio is fun. Is this the one? Like, are they on the on the train on this one, or is the train in the in the other one? I think the train's in um, Spirited Beginning. Right, maybe um, I do remember more of that movie than I thought. But Casper meets Wendy is when they're they're at a baseball game and then a flying saucer comes down, but it's actually the ghosts. Right. Yeah, scare yeah. everybody away. Oh, because yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, it's an alien." It's just, yeah. it's just that. And then there's a creepy kid that goes, "They're back," and you're like, "How do you know these ghosts, child?" <laughs> they never ever talk about it ever oh, again. Just a freaky kid. So Look, I I remember these movies but like obviously it's been many many years I mean the effects yeah could be terrible but obviously in my mind as a child they worked so maybe they were pretty decent but I reckon right. if we watched it now compared to this movie that we got yeah definitely this 1995 movie I, I mean, reckon TV movie I budget lot yeah I can put money on the fact that I bet the effects wouldn't have been as good be crappy absolutely I think no, this... not crappy but it's not oh. good <laughs> it's not as good 
I yeah, I they would, could be I, crappy. I, I honestly cannot remember. <laughs> I cannot remember if I ever rated the effects or not. But um, anyway, moving forward from there. Now there there was an official uh, sequel to this, to this movie um, to Casper, but it was cancelled officially in the year two thousand. So there was a script treatment and a few other things, and they were originally going to have Christina uh, Ritchie come back. So it would have been a legit legit like, sequel too, um, but it didn't. It just didn't pan out. And if, as far as I could tell with the research, there's no there's no desire to really pick it back up. So yeah, you know, the, normally- the most recent TV show I think was in. Uh, it was in 2009. I mean, so. any IP can can come back and have a resurgence. Maybe this is Casper's time. Who knows? Mm. Maybe us talking about it will trigger something. But you know how usually I'm on top of like knowing things about like sequels that were canned. I never yeah. heard of this um this this second yeah. film kind of thing. But I guess it came and went. Just well, like, I mean, it was canned 20 years ago. I mean, no, well, that's, that. that's it. That's it. Bloody long time ago. Uh, we have had some video games, though. Yeah. There were various iterations of a video game attached to this movie, which were re- which was, well, yeah, were released in 1996, getting my language right, <laughs> uh, 1997 and 2000 across nine different platforms. Correct. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, Use your words. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. So, um, and they're, overall, um, there's six different video games have been released that are attached to the Casper branding um, across various platforms and consoles uh, between 95 and 2009. Um, and it's just depending on what, if there's a new TV series or a new game the, or yeah, something like Yeah, the recent yeah. property. So, now, just the, the, the full breadth of the Casper, I guess... Uh, presence in the zeitgeist out there. So the series itself is it's over got over thirty five different titles um, across all of the different mediums. So comics, TV shows, movies, all of that. But it's also spawned three different spin offs. So the Ghostly Trio have got their own spin off. Wendy the Good Witch, which we're aware of, um, and Spooky the Tough Little Ghost, which I have no idea what the heck that is, but <laughs> I'm assuming it's another small ghost. Yay. Yay. <laughs> there you go. So that's that's the legacy. It's uh it's very, very clear that before this movie was released, this character was well known. And that- yeah, but the thing is, I think he, I think Casper still is. Like, I don't know. I'd have to go grab like a ten-year-old kid and say, "Hey, do you know who Casper is?" To really gauge, you know, like I'm sure people know Casper. Yeah, I don't know because there hasn't really been too many. If new I, releases, I mean, if I pulled they? a random person on the street over and I was like, "Hey, do you know Casper?" and they'll be like, "Yeah, like the ghost." Yeah. Like, might even say yeah, a friendly ghost and I'll be like yeah bonus points yeah I'm sure kids I think it's just one it's just like do you know the Flintstones you know mm. it's like mm. old property but I think they you know yeah I mean and the Flintstones don't have any new material not since like the early thousands nah. I think or 90s late 90s let's do the Flintstones oh, <laughs> also Amblin damn it <laughs> damn you Spielberg <laughs> damn you alright let's Let's get into this movie. Let's start with Casper. Yeah, the title character, the lead. Your turn to pronounce CGI. the uh, the the uh, voice actor. I think I'd say just like you, uh, Malachi Pearson. That's the one. I think that's how you said it. So he's the voice of Casper. He's mainly your actor for this film. Yeah. Um, we do also have Devin Sawa who plays the. The human, human version, the alive version yeah. of him, should say. Um, the guy from the first Final Destination movie. Yep, he is also. I actually really like Devin Samuel. Yeah. Um, do you he, like Final Destination? I know you don't like horror movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do like the Final <laughs> Destination movies. Especially, uh, is it number two with the freeway? With the, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, but uh, Devin Samuel was also in a, um, oh, it was a like an extreme sport movie. It was kind of, oh, what was it called? 
Anyway, it's <laughs> go, go, Google it. You'll find. Where it. did he go? Where did he go? But anyway, know. he's in this movie. He's for forty-two like, now, so he's not really doing. I think he was more a younger performer. He is so. in this movie for like maybe two minutes. So you know, like you know, we yeah, yeah. He's not important. Oh, he's in Idle Hands. Idle Hands. Oh, is very amazing, good. fantastic With, movie. With uh, Seth Green, yeah, Seth Green, yeah. Um, Jessica Alba, like a hot, huge, huge cast. Uh, we we gotta we gotta be careful so we don't just end up talking about other movies. Yeah. Um, Casper, the ghost. Um, let's start with his design. Um, okay. Obviously, there's a whole lot of CGI that's gone into yes. him. Yep. One hundred percent of him, besides his voice, I guess. If yep. that, that counts. I mean, straight away, what I like. Yeah. Is, except for his feet. Because in this movie he doesn't have feet, mm. um, but except for his feet, he does in the cartoons. pretty much. Yeah, he does. In the, mm. He looks like a like a bag. Yeah, they've pretty much nailed the design. They've just taken what he looks like uh, yeah. as a cartoon or as a comic image, and then just Made brought him, him to life. And he looks the way that he they the way that they built him like with his transparency and stuff like that, like a wall kind of opaqueness. Or yeah, whatever. It's it also looks cartoony. Yeah, like, like they, it doesn't. It doesn't look like they're trying to make it realistic or he, polished he or anything. He has cartoon like that. eyes. He's got you, you know, like his head is like abnormally large. He's got yeah. four fingers, and there's even that joke where he, you know he yes. he finds his old mold and he's like, "Wow, oh, I used to have five fingers." fingers. Yeah, I thought that was such a, a great touch that they kept him with four fingers. Yeah, like they just like, went, "Hey, let's just keep him." Yeah, I mean, lose the feet, but I guess you know that works. That's a design choice, and I'm like, I kind of like it. I prefer ghost with. Tails. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So he does kind of look like a sperm with hands, but oh well, they all kind of do. I think the others look a little bit more like that than those. That Abnormal he does. sperm. He does with his um his bulbous head. One <laughs> of <laughs> his uncles puts his hand through. It's like... Anyway, um, so Austin O'Brien um, and Jonathan Taylor Thomas were both considered for the voice of Captain Casper. Um, I can't remember who Austin O'Brien was. I looked at it when I was researching it, but it's, it escapes me. But Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I have to admit, Home I, yeah, no, I thought it was Jonathan Taylor Thomas when I was younger. He also did it the, sounds like he also Simba in the Lion King. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does. He's so. Oh, do you know what? American squeaky kid. Yeah, yeah. pre pubescent or At whatever. At some point, they're yeah. all gonna sound the same. Have you seen a picture of Malachi Pearson now? No, he looks like a lumberjack. No, <laughs> um, and a hipster lumberjack too, with a beard down here right. and like hair sweeping to the side. And he was that cartoon-sounding little Casper voice. Correct. Love yeah. It. So, um, so it has to be said if we're talking about Casper. I mean, he's a he's a friendly ghost. That's really his character. That's it. He doesn't um, really waver at all. He is. Yeah, he's he's, he's got a, the most integrity I've ever seen. He's just a nice. He's just a, a nice, nice guy. guy. That that old. And he Casper. gets rewarded for it in the end for oh. being such a nice dude. But um, this is it has to be said. This is pretty much the most fleshed out backstory that this character's ever had. Before now, uh, there's been different kind of origin stories but Casper had even had parents at some point and yeah, it's, it's they, alluded to them having him as a ghost yeah it's like weird. well it's like his parents were ghosts ghost. so it's like he was Casper was born, born a ghost. as a ghost yeah. <laughs> so but this is the first time really that the property has really dug into it okay, and so what this movie's doing though I guess the cartoon kind of I imagine I imagine wouldn't have done all the comics no. is that it's actually dealing with death and the fact that okay we've got ghosts than they were people before, yeah. and they have died, and they've turned into ghosts. I have to admit, so, the, I mean, this film, I'm going to say it multiple times throughout this whole whole review, but it, it's full of heart, and the most of that heart is Casper, like, the, the, the pinnacle of it is when he's determining what happened to him. Yeah, and he's starting to get his memory back yeah, of his other life. And when when um, Kat rebuilds his room for him, and which he starts... To, she does in... 
a crazy amount of yeah. short period of time. And I'm like, that would have taken like six months. I'll, I'll hire her. I'll <laughs> hire her. That's for sure. Um, so, but I mean, that, that heart's really there when he's telling his story. And then you're up in the attic and he said, oh, you know, look at my sled. And he tells the story. And then yeah. you, re- you realize, oh my God, he died of pneumonia. Yeah, I always forget what the actual story is. And then when, yeah. when we, you know, he's talking about his sled and I'm like, like oh yeah, oh, he was God. in an accident or something, wasn't he? But yeah. then it's like, no, 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 that's not it. Like he he just stayed out too long and then he like got lost and then yeah. was cold. I'm like I'm like this is this is dark man. Oh, it's <laughs> so dark. But, but so... you know what? the best kids movies and like you're dealing with a movie with ghosts. Like the themes are there. Yeah. The best ki- the, the best kids movies are the ones that aren't afraid to actually tackle and handle those mm. more adult themes. Absolutely. Obviously, it's not full on. You know, it's not gruesome and it's not no. like. It's sad. It's not is like what it is. this kid died, and you know, like yeah. it's like a whole traumatizing thing. It's just like it's a sad, solemn, real like take on it, where like it's a reality bite, where you're like, like there was consequences, and he's passed away, and 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 I really like the um the way this movie introduces the fact that ghosts don't remember what's going on, like yeah. They just don't have a clear picture, and because with that element with him slowly investigating it and figuring it out just in that one scene it's really you know it's quite hits hits the emotions hard but then it, just like a kid he gets very excited about the things he is remembering and he's yeah. like oh my god there's this like let's go yeah. let's oh there's all these things and oh there's a whole secret like <laughs> basement yeah or attic which looks exactly like the Jumanji one by the way oh at some point all attics just look the same don't they, they do all they do in... I wrote it down in my notes so as soon as I saw it I was like is that the same bloody set? I'm sure it's not. It, is, it isn't, but it just looks like it. But yeah, super sad. I've got here in the notes, super sad when Casper remembers what happened to him. Um, let's move on from Casper. Let's talk about the ghostly trio. They kind of really roll into one. They, they're individual. They come as they they, they, come, I mean, they come as a trio. They've yeah. got a trio name. They they. Um, we got Stretch, voiced by Joe Nipote, Stinky. Voiced by Joe Alasky and Fatso, voiced by the only one I know on this list, Brad Garrett. Garrett yeah, he's the only uh, one. Robert from Everybody Loves Raymond, Raymond and yeah. many other things, but you know that's probably his greatest. <laughs> do you know? Do, call to fame. Do you know what other one uh, really jumps to mind with him with his um, filmography? Uh, he's the the big puffer fish in Finding Nemo. Yeah, in Finding Nemo. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's just that recognizable voice. Like, he's also really... speaking of things that get like a modern adaption. Where's Wally? Did you ever watch the Where's Wally cartoon show? Like the yeah, yeah. he was Wizard Whitebeard. <laughs> How you doing, Wally? <laughs> that's fantastic. I remember that show. Can I remember this like free, freeze it and you'd have to like yeah. yeah. Oh, what a great show! Oh. Um, so the Ghostly Trio. I love it when they're introduced. Uh, well, they're not introduced. Oh, when they come out of when they they first they're swirling up right when um, yeah. Carrigan and uh, what's his name first rock up at the at the mansion yeah. and like you know like the in the foyer there's the swirl yeah. pattern and it's like they're coming they're swirling sort of as if they're coming out of that the swirl pattern it's cool yeah, yeah. and then when when Cat sees their room oh yeah that's right. their bed now one thing I noticed um, that I only picked up on this viewing this time. There's a bloody range hood above Stinky's bed, as if it's a fan. Right. It's like a, a big, giant commercial range hood is, yeah. over, is over top of him. That's and funny. I just it's thought like, that is so, I mean, it's so funny. Their existence, their presence, like, in this in this plane is, like, even though they're ghosts, it's like they, they can still touch things and mm. obviously emit smells and interact with pretty yeah. much everything around. Yeah. So the whole notion of like, remember, they can't hurt you. It's like, oh hell, they can hurt, they you. Can hurt like, you. Not I mean, with their hand, probably, but they can hurt. Oh you. no, Carrigan kicks kicks dibs out the window. There, remember? 
So no, that's yeah, true. coming back from that. That's true. <laughs> uh, but the trio as themselves, like they are, you know, they're yeah, stretch, stinky fat. So obviously on given those names, they play on that. Um so all like everything their name is related to their behaviours and things like that, like fat so eats and is hungry and all of his one liners are about yeah. that. Stinky uses his stink to kind of what is he smellogram? He yeah, I mean like <laughs> they're one hundred they're they're cartoon characters. Yeah, but it's... like in a good way. Usually when I say that about characters or villains or whatever, I'm like, they're cartoons, you know, it's mm. it's not real. But I was like, no, these guys are cartoons, but that is awesome. It's yeah. fantastic. The way they eat, the yeah. way they the way they talk, like everything about it, the way they move, it's it's just glorious. Tell you what, their di- <laughs> their dialogue is fantastic as well, mm. and so it, it's still still kid stuff. But like the, there's a scene where it's just after the um the breakfast scene, and Cat's getting really fired up, <laughs> and she and she, te- she tells him to piss off, and Dad's dragging her out the door, and then, then he's like, "You're gonna be late," she, yeah, and, then, and then they they go, "You don't want to be late," and then she goes, "Drop dead," and then they scream, <laughs> "Too late!" Too late. <laughs> but it's just. What about like when they're just like echoing through the halls and it's just like you're all gonna die soon too or something like that. Uh, they're, they're intense, but you know what? They're they're presented initially as like disgusting, gross, rude, like terrorizing yeah. monsters. Um, but then by the end of it, it's like the relationship one. that they build with um, Bill Pullman's character James mm. Harvey. You know, like it's like they can't actually grow to care for him so much that they. I mean, they're. They're not just in what their decision is, but they, they want to kill him so... So they can be with him. Yeah, because it's like, yeah. let's add him to our group. Like, they yeah. like him that much, or love him that much, even. Yeah. Um, so it's like, they do... You know, like, even though they're trying to kill him, it's like, they get cut up when he's telling them that he's yeah. grown to like them as well. Yeah. I mean, he might, be, he might be pissed off his face after all, Correct. The, all the drinks he's had, but, you know, that's usually when you're, you're most honest. So, yeah. no, it's just cool that it's like, them, that, that trio... And Dr. Harvey, it's like, they've got their sort of unit, yeah. and Kat and Casper have theirs. And they keep their word. They so do, they yeah. promise, even though they prank the Doctor, they promise to bring um, arrange a meeting with his wife, and at the very end, when, when it all comes to, comes to pass, yeah. she says, three, just There's say, three goes. keep their word. Yeah. So you're like, they're, they're, they're the bad guys? Uh, they're a bunch of softies. But they're softies. All right, let's talk about the humans. That's enough about ghosts. <laughs> well, I was trying to segue into cat, but you didn't. You didn't take the bait. But uh, but that's okay. Cat, cat, <laughs> Christina right. Ritchie or Ricky or I say Ritchie, but I'm not sure. Sometimes I like to mix it up just to Ricky Ritchie keeps things spicy. <laughs> um, so she's great. Uh, I found out. So I have got a note here that she didn't actually in. in Enjoy it in retrospect, <laughs> which is probably why she hasn't come back for another one. But um, so after the film's release, she said that looking back, the movie sucked. It's harsh, <laughs> it made no sense. I'm supposed to fall in love with a ghost. Uh, how does this work? And he's like a cartoon, well, part of him. <laughs> um, at some point, he's an egg. So it's great. She also mentioned that at this part in her career, because this wasn't the first part of her career. I think the um, Adams family was around about this time as I th- well. I think even the sequel had already come out for yeah. the like, Adams family values had come out. So she was also looking to get into more adult roles, and so this was like that kind of the conclusion to her child child. And then after this, it was like she, I don't know. She probably did Monster after this, like at this right. It wasn't far. Right? It wasn't far <laughs> beyond that. But um, but um, her performance though, like I I enjoy it, and I have to admit, like. As a as a young young to- young boy, I pretty much had a crush on Cat um, because of this movie. Like, so Christina Ricci, um, that was short lived, obviously. <laughs> but but I'm just saying, this like she 
just like um, Casper's infatuated with her. Yeah. He is such a bit of a... He's a bit I, of a whole dog, actually. Was, That's... Yeah, well, he is. Yeah, a little bit, isn't he? But I was also infatuated with Christina Ricci, or this character. So you could relate. Yeah. like, I get you, Casper. I get where you're going. But I also could get her. And she she was... Like, the way that she portrays the characters, you know, she, she's a bit edgy. Mm. She... Um, She's got she's got a little bit of angst and a bit of anger about her when oh, she's, she's got some sass as well. She, and, and you know what, the kids are all very kind of they're very nineties. Yeah. I felt like. Even the way they talked, yeah. you know, in the classroom or on the street or at you know mm. on the veranda. Do they mm. call them verandas there? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. On the deck. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what they're called? Decks? Yeah. Something like that. I, I wish guess. I had a deck. One yeah. day, one day, mate, one day. One day. <laughs> we, all, we all wish. Um, but, so yeah, uh, her performance, great. I, I can't yeah, really fault I, it. So, and I can understand it. So she was a winner of award. so a young performance. I actually award, like so. what she's doing. And, you know, I always bring up kids in movies, how easy it is for them to be the worst thing. <laughs> mm. But, like, I find what she's doing here, maybe it's because primarily this is a kid's movie and, you know, I give her mm. a little bit of a pass. You know, it's not like... When I say award-winning, it's not like Oscar-worthy performances or anything no. like that. But, I mean, she's doing fine. She's doing something interesting. There's actually something to her character. She's identifiable. You know, she's not a cardboard cutout. Yeah. What she's doing is is fairly decent. And I like her. I like the character. Yeah. I do find it funny, like... I mean, if we want to talk about the relationship between her and Casper, like, the whole reason she ends up there is because Casper... I mean, at first he's sort of like... Oh, I only want a friend. Mm. But then when he sees her on the on on the TV, he's like, you know, he's given her like the, you know, like the infatuation eyes. Yeah, it's like, like immediately, it's like yeah, he's smitten. That's perfect smitten. word. Yeah. Um, and then you know when she's in his room, he's like, there's a girl in my room. <laughs> yes. Like, and it yeah. looks like he's such a, a boy. Yeah. In in the fact that it's like him and a girl he's excited yeah he's still got something Casper's got mojo hashtag relatable (laughs) as a child watching this movie the the one thing we need to point out though the I mean how do you feel about the you know when Kat's falling asleep and Casper's talking to her and he he says the the infamous line the um can can I I keep keep you? you I think it's a it's a gooey moment, but it's got it's got all the feels. It's got all the feels. I'm always on the I'm always like going back and forth on how I feel about it. Sometimes I'm like it's so sweet, but I'm also it's innocent. Like, it's innocent. I'm also like it's just so such a weird thing to say. Yeah, it is. Can I, don't I know. keep you, Rob? What? Can I keep you? Oh, uh, if you want, but I'm already I'm already <laughs> spoken for. So <laughs> me too. But we can um, we can work something. But out. you know, I, I understand what you're saying though. Like it is a. So it's a it's 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 formulated to be a moving moment, and it has a reoccurrence later when he turns into a human when he's rewarded with that one little moment. Mm. Um, so, and he says that, and she recognizes him. That means she wasn't asleep. Means she wasn't asleep. Um, sneaky creepy, dog, cr- named crafty cat. cat. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I think it's just a sweet, innocent moment, and you got to factor in that we're talking we're talking like young teenagers here, like yeah. He's a twelve-year-old kid. Like he, it's so it's. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> well, he's, he doesn't look like that in in, in real life. He, well, actually, Devin Sale was uh, sixteen at the time. Yeah, so. I was like, I was like, that so, kid ain't twelve. <laughs> but hey, at least he didn't look thirty. So you know, but he's. I'll pick my battles. <laughs> but the mum does like the, the angel does say you're a twelve-year-old. Yeah, ten thirty is a. Is she timestamps him. She timestamps yeah. him. Like, um, and then literally timestamps him. Like with the clock. Correct. That's right. Um, I don't think I used the word literal there properly. That's okay. <laughs> that's, that's fun. That's fun. Um, 
Let, let's let's move on from Cat anyway. Um, well, unless you have anything else to say about no, Cat. no, it's all good. and the performance. Yeah, we, we, I think we've covered it all. James Harvey, played by Bill Pullman. I at this time was I think so. I think I watched this movie after I'd watched Independence Day for the first right. time. So which so I didn't watch this one. Really, but you were so at a, you were at an age where you recognised Bill Pullman. Yeah, cool, fair enough. In fact, it may have been in the same year, so yeah. I, and, you know, that movie completely caught my attention as well. I, I think f- I was about 10 years old when Something I was Something like that. Like, I feel time. like, I feel like what Bill Pullman's doing here compared to yeah. what he's doing in, like, Independence Day, so different that yeah. my, like, five-year-old, six-year-old mind, or whenever it was that I had watched both movies, did not draw the line between yeah. the two of them. Yeah. Until I was a bit older, and I was just like, oh my god, it's the same guy from... Independence Day and other XYZ movie, you know, mm. like no, that wasn't the same case for me. Yeah, I was very much. I guess you're a little bit older as well, like. But like, he's so his performance, I think, is fantastic. I think he he does something very different here. A very good comedic actor, you know. With and you got to think, yeah, both, almost, both Christina Ricci and Bill Pullman are acting in a pioneering phase of CGI. There's nothing. <laughs> There's a lot of moments <laughs> where both of them are probably in a room by themselves. Yeah, and they do a fantastic job. What Bill Pullman's doing for this um, for this James Harvey character, you know, like he's I don't know, there's such a uniqueness to it. He, he's a yeah. bit of a quirky kind of guy, but not like so quirky that it's it's like mm. he doesn't. He, it would be hard to really find this person to exist in the real world. Like yeah. he seems real enough, but still got enough sort of, I guess, like his own. James Harveyisms to him that it's like yeah. unique for that character. Mm. Just like he's just kind of squirmy, kind of awkward. Yeah, you know, like he's got that yeah. psychologist type um, way of speaking to people. Where yeah. A little bit patronising, a little bit like <laughs> I'm trying to manipulate you with what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what he's doing, and he also gets to voice himself as a ghost. He does get to voice himself as a ghost, and I do like the uh, the animation around that as well. I don't understand why the ghostly trio don't look like humans, but every other ghost <laughs> looks like humans. But anyway, um, and as Casper, I'm sure he didn't have a giant head, but well, I mean, he, he, does, he, well, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, what's that sour kid? He doesn't have a giant he, head. He doesn't. It's got big hair though. Um, so maybe yeah, they, but, maybe the ghosts lose their hair after a while. Maybe they just turn into blobs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so John Ritter. Tom Hanks, Dennis Quaid, Kurt Russell, Ron Williams, Jim Carrey, and Tim Allen. What do they all have in common? They were offered the role, and they declined the role of Dr. Dr. James Harvey. He was actually named after Harvey Comics as well, which is obviously no surprise. So, <laughs> well, there um, you go. So, um, but I really liked his performance. I liked, So one of my, my favourite scenes is their introduction to the ghostly trio, and they're all playing like sword fights and all this oh, he's stuff. He's got the plunger, man. He comes yeah. out ripping a plunger like... Um, and he goes, and he turns around and he goes, like, they go, who do you think you are? And he goes, I'm your therapist. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like, and my name, James Harvey, <laughs> therapist. <laughs> I think it's great. And so, yeah, Bill Pullman, I think he's, he is, um, <laughs> you know, he comes out of the Lazarus machine, so he's been resurrected and he, yeah, he's like, where are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just like, are you okay? We're all good. He's, like, he's trying to where take the lead, we? but he's also like, I'm very I'm confused. confused. Yeah. I'm so detached from everything that's going on right now. <laughs> what is going on? I like when he, again, with that fight that they have yeah. and he lands on that vacuum mm. and then, you know, it's a little bit ghostbustery, yeah, but it's also a little bit, you know, it's pre-Luigi's Man- Luigi's Mansion, but you know what? 
It's it'll sucking do. sucking ghosts with a vacuum. I like it. It'll, it'll do. <laughs> I did write in my notes uh, when I was watching it. I was like, oh, I had no idea that um, I had no idea that the supernatural could be fended off by, by vacuum I mean, cleaners. I don't but... think the rules of how what the ghosts can and can't mm. feel and touch really work. Yeah. Obviously, they can phase through things. Yet they get contained in a vacuum bag. I don't know. Very funny, but then they get out again. Oh, of course, yeah, of course. But um, it's funny because uh, then Cat walks around with that little handheld vacuum <laughs> and she's defending it. Anyway, got to talk about the the antagonist. So Carrigan, what's her full full name? Carrigan something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's not not relevant. It's not important. Oh, well, there there is a bit of an ongoing gag about Catherine uh, Carrigan Critton. Yeah, calling her like um a Cretan. A Cretan. And then it's like, and then. I think it's I think it's Dr. Harvey and he's like he's like Cretan I mean Carrot whatever her name is yeah that's right <laughs> so she is actually some of the um, so some of the critics were talking about how crappy her performance is I, do you know what I again, it's fine but it is super it's over, over the, the top, top yeah. but not to the point that I think it becomes a distraction and it, it takes it removes me from the movie watching this and it removes her as a no. character in this film. I think it no. works in place. Well, and... the thing is, you've got Dibs alongside her. So Dibs played by Eric Idle. And Dibs, he, so he is a little bit more of a rational person. And so she's just way over the top, unrealistic. and, and, and She like that. just she wants grounds what she it a little wants bit. and yeah. wants to get it done no matter how yeah. zany or crazy the scheme is or what she needs to do. Including, the house, it'll work. Like, including... Killing herself or killing dibs to resurrect themselves just to get into a safe. Don't worry about just trying to crack the safe. Oh, like three minutes of them trying to kill each other. Like, yeah. They didn't even try and turn the knob on the, on the, yeah. on the safe. Just uh, pull it. Yeah, kids sure. movie, kids movie. But um, so yeah, Kathy Moriarty, I mean, she. It is she. her character is there for a reason. And, and it's not, I don't think she's meant to make sense. Like, And ultimately her fate where she, she dies to get into the, the, uh, the safe and then they convince her to Acknowledge that she's got nothing left. Yeah, to, she, she has no unfinished business, business, and then she's sucked into the afterlife. It's clever. It's yeah. clever. It's fine. It's it shows exactly what happens when a ghost does. Part of part of the mission of Har- um, James Harvey is to make the ghosts go to their afterlife. Yeah, help them. And obviously, that's not going to work with the others because they can't remember what their even their forgotten business was. Their their unf- un- unfinished yeah. business. But um, they've forgotten everything. But. It was, you know, I guess it's just a nice touch to throw it in there. That's what actually happens um, if you do finish your business. So Sigourney Weaver, um, Debbie Mazar, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, and Famke Jensen were all considered for Carrigan. But yeah. they, but Kathy Moriarty got it. She, uh, what she's doing, you know, it might be over the top, but yeah, I think it works. Um, and, you know, it's something interesting and it pops and you know, as a kid watching it, like you know that's like she's the bad lady. One, yeah, you know. As a, so, as a kid, you know exactly what the dynamic is. What I don't understand is one thing that she does. She gives them a big vase of flowers. Very weird. It I don't understand goes, where, Here, where have these where they first meet Cat and they're like, like well, they're manhandling her face. I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah, I don't understand it. Maybe they're long lost. No, they're not relatives. No, no, no. They're just anyway. intense. They're just in. They're just intense people. Yeah, and let's, yeah, so let's quickly talk about Dibs, her, um, Carrigan's partner. Um, well, I mean, comic relief. Comic relief, straight up. It's Eric Idle. He's of Monty Python fame. Yeah, yeah. Um, although this was, I think, a bit of a, a down step for for him. Like he was <laughs> he was on a on a bit of a spiral. I think. I think. Hey, I don't know. With some of his roles, big um, feature film. Yeah, I mean, Spielberg it, property. It's fine. I actually find him. 
found his comic relief quite refreshing. So, mm. um, and he, he eventually two cro- a double crosses uh, Carrigan. I as think well. he's just sick of her shit. Yeah, and she he'll call her out and just be like, "You're a bitch." Yes, that's where this movie gets pretty intense. Um, but they, <laughs> I mean, they, they dropped the they dropped the bitch bomb twice as well. Yeah. So she she calls us. It says the bitch is back when she rises yeah, the from the death. Is back. And then he calls her a bitch later. Yeah, in reference he's gonna, to a dog. To a dog he's going to buy when he's rich. Yeah. Mm. Um, so Hugh Laurie, Rowan Atkinson, uh, John Cleese, like heaps of people. Bill Murray, Steve Martin. Basically, they were going for a comedian. Everybody of sorts, were considered for the role. Yeah, every, any potential funny guy. In fact, yeah, actually looking at this, Chevy Chase, Stephen Fry, Daniel Stern. <laughs> so every funny Jim person Lola. of the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that... Um, and Dibs is fine. Eric Cole, it's fine portrayal. It's a, like we like we said, they're they're the villains, and he's the comic relief, and it works. Yeah. And he dies. He gets kicked out the window <laughs> by Carrigan as a ghost. Dibs's ghost is out there somewhere. Oh, unless he had his, he didn't have any unfinished business. He could have just moved on. I guess he called Carrigan a bitch. That was probably his unfinished business. Yeah, man, he, he was just so happy. He, he was so content with himself. Yeah. He was like, I do what I need to do. So, um, so there are other characters. I'm not sure. Like they don't really. There's a couple of school people who try to pick on Cat, but they don't really. F- there oh, is like a like, subplot. They're not really there. Like, yeah, there's the whole. I mean, there's a the whole thing about the party. Yeah. There's that teacher. There's the other school kids, and there's like the boy that Cat's kind of gonna hang out with at the yeah. at the party, and then that girl that's unnecessarily so bitchy to her. And yeah, <laughs> but everybody. One dynamic that they do here. Um, so the popular kid at school is usually popular. Yeah. Right. The bitch, as in the bitchy one. Yeah. Is usually popular. Here, no one actually cares about it. No one. And she's like, "Oh, it's alright. I'll have it at my condo, the party at my condo, or something." And everyone's like, oh, really? yeah. So it's a weird dynamic watching this. You know, even as a kid and then as an adult, they're really portraying school as a different environment <laughs> to what the cliche is. They really are. But it's such a, it's such just like an isolated um, element of this movie of, of Cat's new school. Yeah. Here in Maine. Yeah. What's the town called? Friendly Friendship. Maine. Friendship. Friendship in Maine. Yeah. Right. I so. hope that's a quiz question because now you just admit Probably the not. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. All right. There's, there's a couple of other characters we want to talk about and these are the cameos and that's something that this movie is very, very, very famous for is it does have some pretty high profile cameos that appear. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll start with, so at the very start, before uh, the Harveys get introduced. Uh, as, a bit, it's like a top, revolving door of... Um, of people trying to get rid of the ghosts. Yes. Yeah. And they, two of them are paranormal experts. You've got the best one, straight up. So Ray Stance, who is... So this connects this movie to the Ghostbusters universe. <laughs> well, I mean, does it? It does. <laughs> I mean, does it? You've got Dan Aykroyd playing Ray Stance, who is a Ghostbuster. He's in the uniform. He's got stats He's got on, written the, on it. the thing. It's all that. He comes out. He's going to call someone else. else. He's sporting a moustache for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I obviously... Uh, Dan Ocker just had a mustache at that time. Probably didn't want to shave it off. Maybe it was for another role. I yeah. don't know. And he's probably, I don't know. Maybe he probably this, got, got the call to do it for two, two minutes one day. An alternative universe uh, Ghostbusters world where you know Ray Stance has a mustache. No, I'm pretty sure the new Ghostbusters movie can come out. It's going to reference Go- Casper. Get your budget. Casper makes a cameo, and then boom, shared universe. Casper's <laughs> um, back. He's <laughs> so I have to admit, when I was a kid, I didn't get their references at all, um, and I didn't understand like pretty I much mean, who I, any of these people I, were. I, but... I knew the Ghostbuster one. I didn't get that. 
I didn't. I don't even think I'd seen Ghostbusters at that point. I can't remember our Ghostbusters review and what you where your stance was. Stance <laughs> accident. Um, I saw. I um. I you had to... back. I said I saw the first uh, the second one before I saw the first one. You're an interesting fellow, you, you know. Uh, so, anyway. yeah. The the other major, I guess, um, paranormal expert character is Father Gildo Saduki, played by mm. Don Novello. Um, an I'm, SNL character. Yes, an SNL character. So this is actually a character he did on SNL, like yeah. this. Um, uh, what do you call it? Exorcist. The Exorcist type yep. uh, priest guy. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's what they are, aren't they? But, <laughs> I mean, disturbing when he comes out. His head's been turned around. around. He's yeah. smoking a cigarette. He's yeah. just like, no, no. It's it, fine. Everything was fine. Yeah, it, it was all good. And it just cuts. Like, you, you don't know how that progressed. It just cuts. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty amusing. I like I like what he says, Guido, when he's walking in. He goes, he goes it's going to be a piece of cake. It's going to be a piece of crumb cake. And I, I, I don't understand what that reference what is. What is he saying? What's he like, talking what's about? He... But um, And we were watching it last night with the wife as well. We were both like, what is he talking about? I don't get it. But I don't watch SNL, so I don't know. Well, that's, and especially SNL you know, from like, you know, back in the day as well. Yeah. Like, There's a scene where Bill Palmer's character is pretty much... Well, he's, he's possessed. I want to say, is he possessed? It's like the trio go inside him. Yes. I guess that's the definition of a possession, I suppose. Yes. Um, Bill Pullman looks in the bathroom mirror after trying to like wash his face and clear himself up, and then he just starts pretty much like shape-shifting. Or, Correct. And we get a whole bunch of just random like two-second cameos from yeah. from these people. Um, first, we get Clint Eastwood, yep. who I think looks exactly the same as he does now. As he does now. I'm like, I was no. like, wow, Clint Eastwood was already old in 1995. Yeah, 25 years ago, he was an old man. So what's he now? Bloody hell. <laughs> um, then you get Roger da- Roger Dangerfield. Oh, and so these, by the way, are intentionally meant to in person. Um, uh, uh, one of the one of the different ghosts. So it's meant to be their oh, right. the like, version of themselves. Their so, go-to. So Clint Eastwood is stretch. Right. Then you got Roger Dangerfield, who's meant to be Fatso. Right. Um, and then you also get Mel Gibson, who's meant to be Stinky. Oh, see, I didn't know that, but okay. But then we also get John Cassia, who's the voice of one of the the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. So that's a comic book. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that. But he looks like a. It's an interesting thing about that that particular, uh, I guess, vision. Um, they cut that from. Uh, free to wear TV. Oh, for real! So, so you know, too terrifying. It's too terrifying. So you see his face, the Crypt Keeper, and he screams like Home Alone, and puts his hands. Yeah, yeah. And then Bill Pullman falls backwards with a bucket on his foot. Now, in the TV version, they cut that scene, so all you see is Mel Gibson and then Bill Pullman falling backwards. Ah, going, ah. <laughs> so, um, now Steven Spielberg was also had a had a deleted scene filmed here. He was one of the faces, um, but. Uh, for pacing reasons, they they just cut it. It didn't work. So, and Steven Spielberg actually noted that he was happy about that because he doesn't like being in front of the camera. He really is really not a fan. So, um, it kind of worked out well for everybody. And then we've got a couple of other 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 cameos. So you got Arnold Schwarzenegger, but only in voice. Is so it actually Arnold Schwarzenegger? I read that it was. I haven't oh, read okay. otherwise. So, I mean, it's, it was, it's an easy voice a, to sort of no, but it's a soundbite from the movie. Oh, okay. And then it's, 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 it's oh, just... Oh, Yeah, it's, can we move you want to live? Like, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I read that. I haven't seen... It, could, it may not be, but it, I haven't seen otherwise. Um, and then you've got Mr. Rogers. That is Mr. Rogers. He's on TV. Um, and you've got Terry Murphy, 
who is a TV host. So I thought it was just an actress, um, uh, an actor just doing that role. But apparently she's a legitimate TV host. So is that of that TV series? Like, what is it? Hard chat or whatever you know the program I, that's honestly my research wasn't that deep so i don't know not good but, enough, Rob. Not but enough. all i know is that that legitimately she she's a cameo and she's, she's a real host of some kind, so. <laughs> all right cameos characters it's all wonderful stuff um let's have a quick break and yeah. we'll come back and we'll talk um we had to talk some good stuff some, some yeah i don't know what but it's some good stuff <laughs> yeah we'll be right back Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. And we are the guys from Nut Film Stew. Do you like movie reviews and want to keep up to date with the latest in movie and TV news? Then Nut Film Stew is the podcast for you. Join us every two weeks for some good times, laughs and firm opinions on the things we love. That's right. There's a new podcast released every two weeks on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. That Film Stew Podcast. Listen, comment, follow, share. All right, we're back, um, and we're just going to jump straight into it. Let's talk about the, the topic that we enjoy the most. Do we? I enjoy it. Okay, you, yeah, you do like it's my the, favorite the thing. special effects and yeah. the whole production side yep. of things. That's what we're talk about now. So, um, this is Universal Pictures' first live-action um, um, animated hybrid movie. So, I guess they didn't do Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Space Jam. <laughs> Because I think they're both those were beforehand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know who did those. Anyway. But at what point? As what? At what point do they say that something is a hybrid of live action and animated? Because I mean, well, Mary Poppins. Like, I mean, that kind yeah. of yeah. But I mean, like, how is this movie Casper say different from Jurassic Park, for instance? That is a very good point. Like, what is? Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, like, where does yeah, something they're going, become? They're going, for, they're going for photorealism with. Jurassic Park, whereas this, they're not going for oh, photorealism. It's the Lion King debate all over again. What mm. is live action? What is animated? I don't know. Do you think Lion, Lion King is animated? I think yes, it's animated. Yes, it's animated. Yeah. We're, talking, like, the, uh, we're talking of the, uh, the new, new, <laughs> the new yeah, one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it's live action. Mm. Well, Brad Silberling, yep. he was hired as a, as a new director just one week after original director Alex Proyas left production. Yeah, some issues, some disputes amongst some the writing team. I was trying to figure out what that yeah. word was for a second there. Um, so we, we've already talked about this, but this movie is praised for its special effects, um, and it's groundbreaking with the first full CG lead in any in a any feature film. As you would, if you've looked at any behind the scenes kind of stuff with these kind of movies, generally the actors uh, have to act off nothing. There's nothing there. So yeah. at the wor- at the most, Bill Pullman and Christina Ritchie were looking at tennis balls. Um, or sometimes mannequins, but so there's there's a cool little deleted scene. Did you see the deleted scene? I did not see the deleted. Okay, so there's a deleted scene where the the ghostly trio are singing a song, and Bill Pullman's trying to uh, he gives them he basically is trying to give them a bit of therapy, and he like and he's talking coaching them through like denial and stuff like that, and then they sing a song about how good it is being a ghost and stuff. <laughs> but they shot it, and if you look at this, the there's there's no CG in it at all. But they've got these stand-in mannequins that they just bounce around the room, right. and then they've got actors who were performing the dance moves of the ghosts, kind of buzzing around as well. So Bill Pullman and I have got some; they've got some reference. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, they didn't use that scene anyway. But um, it would have been bloody hard, you know, for for people back then, as they you know, it's emerging field of CG. Yeah, because I mean, I think now we take it for granted, like actors know, I guess, that the trade and, and what they're supposed to do and what's expected yeah. of them. And you know, a lot of the time, there is a lot of acting on green screen and yeah. stuff like that. But like back then, it was they didn't know what the product would look like. Yeah, so it's like 
and there's still a lot of people were still kind of grasping the concept of okay I'm going to do this and then later you're going to put that thing there and it's going to yeah. react and interact with me yeah it's like how prove it like what do you yeah yeah until you've done it it's sort of like whoa but to us it's like oh yeah it sounds straightforward but Possible. it wouldn't it's, have messed it's up it's all happening in post uh, what yeah. this movie what this movie does it's not just the humans versus the CGI characters but there's also yeah. like physical elements in the environment of yes. you know like you know, objects, uh, mm. like a, a teapot or... One of my favourite things about this Swords. movie <laughs> yeah. is how they've managed to make things practically move while a CGI, CGI character is in, you know, like in interacting with it. So one of them, for example, I mean, it's basic, it's just really, really basic, is um, the uh, Lazarus machine, mm. the, the levers. So you've got, at some point, Casper's mucking about with the levers... And they and he's wobbling them and stuff like that, and they just they just move a little bit as yeah. if someone is shaking them. You know, there's probably just some guy behind it. It's like <laughs> absolutely, but but it, what it does it it just adds the extra gravity to it. The the characters are actually interacting with yeah. the physical environment. And when that's... when Casper's scooping up the eaten food, yeah, like that's a real scoop. Somebody's really doing that. Obviously, wearing a green shirt or something. Yeah, but like you that. know what? The finished product it, it looks, looks great flawless I mean is that too strong a word it so, looks all pretty it, no I think it does still look but flawless but I think a lot of the but... tricks are um, and it, you know it's not even it's not just with the with like the CGI characters interacting with the objects but yeah. um, you know like so like the, the rug will move by itself or there'll be other things you know it's sort of when the ghosts are hidden but they're still doing things you know like simple haunted mm. house type tricks and that's yeah. That's a lot of the elements of this movie is, you know, like, ooh, the spooky haunted house mm. and there's bits and pieces and things are moving and shaking yeah. and lights are flickering and you hear noises and it's like... It's well done. That's this movie. And it's like those tricks incorporated, CGI creatures added to it. Just yeah. keep going. 55 million. There's, <laughs> 55 million, here you go. Um, there's, there's one element, uh, I haven't written it in our prep, but um, there's, there's one moment where the ghostly trio... It's, it's when they're convincing um, Bill Pullman that they'll they'll talk to his wife, and so they're kind of swinging <laughs> yeah. him up. Yeah. But they adjust his collar, and the, his collar on his shirt moves. So whether or not that's a CG collar movement, or if they they, they, they jiggle be, his collar a little they bit, there could be some wiring. Yeah. Or like a, it jiggles um, it, and then they just superimpose the hands over. Very it. tiny animatronic type things. But possibly, yeah. I did notice it on my viewing last night. It's, I never I, noticed. You know what? It it's something like that you take for granted because it's like. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't... You're so engaged in it that yeah. you just really, truly believe that these ghost CGI characters are just yeah. interacting with these humans and mm. things like that. You just... you, I mean, you miss because it's like, it's just happening. You give no thought to it, but I think that's the point. Mm. I think so. There's the moment they, um, excuse me, the ghostly trio arrive, they come in from the outside and they're little tornadoes. As they come down to the the front yard, there's a little gazebo there, and there's leaves everywhere, and they yeah. spin up a little bit. That's not CGI. That's all real. They've obviously got a fan to do all that, but it's just it just adds an extra layer of realism. Even though you're looking at cartoon characters, they're in a real world. It makes yeah. them. It just grounds them in reality. You a have bit. the you have the human characters. They're kissing the ghosts. You know, Bill Pullman mm-hmm. kisses all three of the yeah. of the trio. Um, I don't know. It, it just really works. Yeah, I think it does. Um, so, the early models of Casper, they hear some production notes, a bit of trivia. Um, they were closer to his original looks um, with big oval eyes with blue rings around them. Um, but 
they apparently made his face look lifeless and Steven Spielberg's um, wanted Casper to have more sympathetic looking eyes. Now I was watching it as I was watching it last night. They've got proper light reflections and everything in there in his eyes. It's really really well done. Like his eyes are like photorealistic in the sense of what he's looking at and the reflections and things like that. Yeah, like they it look is a cartoon like, character, but it's but a, they look like real eyeballs. They look like real eyeballs with a cartoony design. Yeah, but the texture. Yeah, the material I guess of it mm. is like a real eyeball. Yeah, and it's it's really well done, um, but then transparent. Yeah, at, at the same time, just just a little bit of transparency. Just, yeah, absolutely. Um, the scene where Casper drags Cat out the window, um, in order for her to understand, like to fully replicate that, she had fishing wire attached to her wrist and wrist, and somebody was pulling it. So just to make it feel like there's actually some real weight doing that. I love I these like these movie magic type yeah. things. Just, yeah, I like, it's and like helping glimpse, the actors as well. Behind the curtain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the breakfast scene, it was the first scene animated, so if you look, look at that, the ghosts are slightly different, so um, they appear more solid, but then they change throughout the rest of the, the movie's production. The, the breakfast scene itself is just a beautiful, like, just a combination of practical and, and, and visual effects. Yeah. Well, like, there's so much. I mean, obviously, we, you know, we want to talk about, like, the... the piles of food and like yeah. the trio are eating the food and it's just falling straight through them yeah. but then you've also got the real the real close up moments of Kat and Casper mm. you know like the moment where they they try to touch hands yeah. and you know like oh what a beautiful scene Casper's making breakfast pouring the orange mm. juice cracking the eggs yeah. and then bringing the glass over to her like yeah. there's so many intimate little yeah. bits of detail and moments and things happening it's really cool. There's so much happening. By the way, just peeking behind the curtain of my life, I don't like um, sunny side up eggs, and I actually that's why I swirl, you, I swirl my, my mind around. That's why and you love it's from this, this movie. It's from this movie, <laughs> and I told that to my my wife because she could never understand why I do that to my. I mean, eggs. I love I love sunny side up. Yeah, like, do you? Yeah, runny eggs, man. Like, no, that shit I mean, makes they, me yak. <laughs> no, I mean they still it still needs to be. I mean, it's, the eggs still needs to be cooked no. and stuff. But so, yeah, no. so this movie had a profound impact on my, <laughs> egg, my egg eating. My egg eating. Um, Speaking of eggs, though, I mean, can we talk about? Casper turning into, into a fried egg. egg. <laughs> like, well, I mean, that's the thing. He he does. He's, he's in the Lazarus machine. He's about to be turned. He's about to come back to life, turn back into a real boy. And then Carrigan, our our villain, steals it. Well, it's not Carrigan. The, it's, it's Dibs who steals it. But, but you know, like they're, yeah. they're they're one in the same. They yeah. steal the like the let's just call it the potion. Yeah, <laughs> the magic juice that makes it happen. And that's something we haven't really talked about. By the way, the treasure isn't actual treasure that they're looking. They they think that they're looking for actual treasure, but it turns out that the treasure is Casper. He and he, his his hat and his ball, and it's more about his dad's wishes to try to resurrect him. And that's what the Lazarus machine is. They try to, and it's got these the red jelly that basically will make him yeah. come back to life. The thing with this, tra- it's like um, minor spoiler here for. The, the Richie Rich movie. It's mm. the same thing. You've got these bad guys. They want the rich family treasure. Yeah, that's right. They, br- like, and they get into this, into their, you know, their mountain safe. safe. And, then and it's, it's all about heirlooms. Their families, yeah. possessions, you know, like bowling trophies. Mm. It's the same sort of, I guess, intention. There. That was a good fun movie, that. Yeah. He's got his own McDonald's. I like the parallel. I, I wanted to make some sort of parallels between... Yeah, you've got your own McDonald's. <laughs> but in The Simpsons where they, you know, it's pointed out that Richie Rich and Casper have the same like design, like they they have a giant head. 
Hmm. And it's like, is Casper the ghost of Richie Rich? Well, he doesn't look like um, Kevin McAllister. Is Kevin McAllister's name? Who is it? Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. Doesn't look like Macaulay Culkin. No, but in the, the comic design. The yes, comic yeah. design. Maybe it is. Maybe mm. it is. I know that uh, Richie, uh, especially with the, the Hanna-Barbera um, uh, crossovers that we're talking about, yeah. the specials, uh, Richie Rich was part of that. So. Well, there you go. And and so was all of their other properties. But yeah. You've put a note here. You said, um, yeah, Friendship the... is a real town in yeah, Maine. Yeah, and they really shot some some of the scenes there. So I didn't know that, but that's pretty cool. production point of view, yeah. The little little town got its... Uh, I mean... They did not need to name the town Friendship. Yeah. They could have named it anything Like, that's legit a real town called Friendship. Yep. I mean, I'll be honest. Sounds like a made-up name. Sounds like a made-up name. Was, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> In fact, I think I've read this correctly, but like, don't hold it to me. I think uh, the Casper meets Wendy movie is also filmed in the same town. Right. Okay. As in, there's a similar shot, like you see a church and stuff in this movie, and I think it's a similar area. So, hey, maybe Friendship's got a bit more, uh, bit more fame than we realise. <laughs> perhaps. Um, let's talk score and soundtrack. Move on from the um, the old production stuff. I'm always a big fan of the score and soundtrack, and James Horner was responsible for this bad boy. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I missed the. I missed the. I don't know if James Horner was credited at the start of the movie, but I didn't know it was him until the the end credits. But halfway through the movie, I was like, this, you it, "What do you I'll, think it is Danny Elfman?" I was like, "There's lots of Elfman vibes, but there's lots of there were, Edward Scissorhands vibes going were, on." Yeah, yeah, especially with like the slower bits of music. Yeah. But there was so much of it that I was like, "Man, this sounds like the Amazing Spider-Man." Hmm. James Horner, and I was like, I was like, I'm gonna put money on, even though there was a lot of Elfman vibes to it, and yeah, it, it did sound very Edward Scissorhandsy. Yeah, I was like, no, there's something more to it, and I was like, yeah, amazing spot. I was like, I bet this is James Horner. Yeah, right. And it is. It's his signature sounds like. Uh... So I didn't know it was Horner either until I rewatched it now. But I have to admit, when I was a lot younger, I wasn't as interested in scores as I. As I am, yeah. Just yeah. watch the movie; it sounds good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but that the Casper's Lullaby, which is that main piano sequence, that is, oh, it's just brilliant. And it's I'm talking, really I'm talking nice, to the wife. So, so my wife walked down the aisle to um, the uh, to Edward Scissorhands, yeah, the, the ice dance, um, and I and I said to her, if we ever renew our vows, you're walking down the aisle to this one. That this is to Casper's Lullaby. Right. It's just because it's a really, really simplistic piano sequence, but it's. It's and when it's attached to the rest of the uh, the emotions that come with it all, it's got an extra because weight you, there. But it's it's a really beautiful piece. It just really is because you love it so much. Just mm. for our listeners, I'm gonna play a snippet of it at the end of the episode. That's awesome. <laughs> it's very much appreciated. I'm looking forward to hearing it. So uh, interestingly, though, uh, Horner puts his own little contemporary spin on the original Casper the Friendly Ghost theme as well. Casper the friendly ghost. Like you get, you get the, you get the score of it yeah. at the start of the film, yeah. just as the title credits come into play. Yeah. But then we get, we get a little Richard performance. Yeah. At the end, with the actual lyrics, and it's yeah. like a rock ballad. Yeah, it's like a rock and roll one. <laughs> yeah. But it's um stretch. It looks like Little Richard, but it's Little Richard's voice. Yeah. Yeah, because he because the three the trio play their play their music instruments. So yeah, but um. There, you know, on the soundtrack, there's um, there's a few other songs that are mentioned. Oh, I can't even can't remember on the top of my head. I didn't have it in front of me. But there's a couple of like that time. There's a Born to Be Wild. I think that's one of them. There's, oh there's yeah, I think, I think they yeah. they're, they're singing that. Well, Bill Pullman's singing that. Um, 
uh, the karaoke bar. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few other songs on the soundtrack, but ultimately um, the soundtrack is mainly the score. It's mainly the score, and I think, yeah. and it works well. I mean, you got the elements of like, mm. I mean, there's both like the heartfelt moments, like you said, like with Casper's lullaby, but there's also the sounds mm. that bring the like the haunted house elements of the movie oh, yeah. to life. You know, the spookiness. Mm. Um, there's even like the cartooniness of bits and pieces, especially when you get, you know, like the villainous characters are doing something or like yeah. the ghosts are sort of running around and it's just like, doo, 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 doo. you know, like it's, it's yeah. cartoony, but not silly. Not nice. silly. So it, it, it's a really nice balance. Yeah. Which I think the, um, the movies beyond this, they turn to the more silly, very childish kind of things. Whereas this is a much more, not adult, but just a mature tone to things. The tone, I think, yeah, it's definitely the tone. Um, but I'm out, production-wise, you've got, you know, like the set pieces don't look cheap. It looks yeah. like someone's actually put effort into it. The mm-hmm. special effects look fairly decent. Like, yeah. and they're doing so much. But yeah, the, the sound, um, even like the thematics that they're getting into, like there is an, uh, a very nice adult element and a very mm. genuine, legitimate uh, film. Yeah. Here, it's not just a with so much heart. Yeah, it's not just a mm. kids movie where it's like, hey, let's just put bits and pieces together and slap yeah. it on, you know, cheesy story, whatever. There, there are cartoony elements, and of course, this yeah. movie is kid friendly, but it it take turns it up a notch, and it does mm. go to those other um, sort of adult areas, and it's yeah. and it's cool because you get a legitimate movie. This isn't just a yeah. write off, absolutely. Which the other ones are, although some critics still would disagree with you. And say it really was a write off. Yes, <laughs> but that's fine. Fifty percent of them would agree with you, and fifty percent one wouldn't. Um, all right, so that's a that's a cap of our major major moments. This could be the best time to have our bit of our our quiz that we used usually do. So, new listeners, the uh, the the quiz. What we have is we have ten questions in sixty seconds, and we take turns. Um, this this episode, it's going to be myself asking Jason. 10 questions. Um, I'm hoping it's not too... I think you're going to do very well with these ones, to be honest. <laughs> oh, you don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, let's see how we go. Okay, starting in 3, 2, 1. Which Ghostbuster has a cameo? Ray Stance. Correct. What are the kids trying to do in the opening scene? Uh, take a photo of them at the house. Yes. Who is the second cameo in the mirror? Um, Mel Gibson? Incorrect. That's not Mel Gibson. Incorrect. Um, how many schools had Cat attended? Six. No. Um, what kind of eggs make Cat yak? The runny ones. Sunny side up. Yeah, that's right. What painting does Casper hide in at school? Oh, uh, no idea. Okay. All right. Um, yes. Uh, what's in the treasure chest? Oh, a baseball yeah. mitt and a ball. That's right. What's the name of the machine that brings people back? Uh, the Lazarus. Yep. Uh, what weapon does Stinky try to use to kill James? A shotgun. Yep. And what is the title of the book hiding the start button? Oh, Frankenstein. Yep, that's it. And that's it. There you go. Well, you're before time, but do you want one more shot at answering this? So I completely forget what it was. Who is the second cameo in the mirror? No, I know there's Clint Eastwood and there's Mel Gibson. I'm blanking on the other Roger one. Roger Dangerfield. Yeah, no. But like, yeah. <laughs> if you're like, who's the third? Mel Gibson, you know. Like, yeah. oh. So, um, and you also... Blanked. You didn't. You didn't get all of them. So, um, how many schools had Cat attended? Nine. Nine. Yeah, I nine knew it was. Schools, you know, I knew it was a multiple of three. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, what painting does Casper hide in at the school? 
I should have just said, like, I don't know, Abraham Lincoln or something. Well, it's actually Mount Rushmore, so he's one of the heads. He is Mount Rushmore! (laughs) And do you know what? I even mentioned bloody Richie Rich and their Mount Richmore. Like, oh my god. Tell you what, I'm very glad you got the book one. Frankenstein, it is. Frankenstein. Um, And yeah, Stinky uses... Tries to use a shotgun. In fact, it falls through at some point. I didn't know if that was correct. I knew one of them had a shotgun. I just took a stab at it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you got seven. Seven seven out of ten. Well done. So, better better than average, that's for sure. All right. It's now come to the point. We're we're wrapping up the episode now. It's now time to give our ratings. Um, We do five. It's out of five VHS tapes. I think we've said what we've needed to. Yep. This movie does elevate the family film um, to a level where I think it is accessible to um, you know, people mm. of all ages. And I think, I, I guess that is the definition of a family film, I guess. Yes, it, it is. It touches on adult themes to an extent. Um, yep. There's a genuine quality of a real film here, and I think they pull it off. This movie yep. really does hold up, uh, special effects-wise... All of that, you know, except for the kids maybe having like that 90s twang about their, yeah. you know, their dialogue yeah. and all that. Sometimes the movie does get a bit cheesy, a bit corny, but mm. do you know what? I'm okay with that. It's mm. fine. Um, yeah, Carrigan is a bit over the top, Yeah, but again, you know, I'm cool with it. It mm. is what it is. I'm going to give this a pretty solid four out of five. Yeah, nice one. Like I was saying, when I watched this back, it's a bit of nostalgia got me. So it... As a kid, I adored this movie. So there's nothing that this movie was doing wrong for me at all. In fact, actually, I remember watching a behind-the-scenes featurette with Steven Spielberg, and it was uh, the, the, the kitchen scene, the, the breakfast scene, and he was just talking about the ins and outs of filming, like, you know, how do you film something without people there and stuff. It was a cool little featurette. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I identified that knowing that Steven Spielberg was this man who had contributed to Jurassic Park as well. So immediately it got me hooked and I paid attention to the special effects even as a kid, as a 10-year-old or whatever. So I'm impressed by it. And even now I'm impressed by it. And I think I think if they were trying for photorealism with the, char- with the ghosts, this would suffer. But because they are trying to make CG cartoon characters and then just interacting and there's all the practical elements, this movie holds up really, really well. And it... I honestly, I can't see this not holding up in ten years and, and stuff because it's not what it's not trying to be a, a a super realistic thing. It's trying to take you on an adventure and give you a little bit of a, a heartfelt story. And that's ultimately my my take is this movie has got some amazing chemistry amongst its characters, and you we just absolutely fall in love with somebody who doesn't even exist, and it's just full of heart and emotion. And I would. I would love to show this to my kids, my nephews, my nieces, and just get their take on it, because I reckon everybody would universally love this movie. I don't like Carrigan. I don't, but... <laughs> um, and I, and it is, it's definitely a kid's movie, but it succeeds as a kid's movie. So, to me, this is a solid, solid four. I'd actually hazard even a four and a half. But with the, with the half, if it's a half... This isn't an adult movie. It's a kids' movie and a family movie. Watch this with your kids. Watch it with your family, and watch everybody have a good time, as if they're not going to have a good time. Or just watch it yourself. You know, I don't think no. you need the kids. I don't think you need the. Did well, you... it's not going to be a four and a half if it's if it's two thirty year olds watching it. Is you, it? You you watched it. Well, I think you watched it with your wife. But yeah. You watched it. Were there any kids in the room? No, there was. Did not. you enjoy it? No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And so, and so it is what it is. So I'm going to leave it there with a four and a half for sure. So we've got a four and a four and a half. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a good movie. 
There it is, yeah. Go and watch it if you haven't already. I reckon I hazard a guess that you have multiple times. Who, me? Everybody. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, they were talking to everybody. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that's going to be it. So that was our rewind, ladies and gentlemen, to 1995, that film called Casper. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. As always, we'll remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any rewind requests, can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstewpodcast at gmail.com. Yep, or you can reach out to us on either That Film Stew or Rewind and Review's Facebook pages, and please like and follow these pages while you're there. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts as yep. it does help others like yourself find yep. the podcast. You can find our entire catalogue of episodes at thatfilmstreetpodcast.com. If you missed our most recent Rewind and Review, go back and check out The Lost World Jurassic Park. Sounds like comics have a recent episode looking at Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Yep, good one. Um, that Film Stew will be back in 2021. But mm-hmm. our next episode here on We Rewind and Review... Superman 2. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. I reckon Luke is too. He is. Yeah, I bet he is. He is. Uh, So thank you very much for listening, everybody. This has been another episode of Rewind and Review, and we'll see you on our next trip. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. <laughs> I know. I like firm things. Firm is where it's at. He likes it firm. Yes.